It's Louise again with the Knit British podcast. This episode is the one with the FOMO. Hello all, how are you? It's so nice to welcome you back again. Please get comfy with your projects or your housework or your gardening work, as I believe Knit British listeners like to do, (laughs) along with my ramblings. Grab a cuppa or the dish mop or the rake or the hoe. And let's go. This episode I have cast on, cast off. I have some information about sheep sponsorship and adoption. I've got some blogs and websites for you to check out. And I also have to tell you why I have the FOMO. Did you have a lovely Easter? Are you chocolate egged out now? I had a lovely long weekend and the weather was really, really nice. In fact, I managed to have one whole day nearly in the garden. Not that I was doing any work whatsoever. Our garden is a charming, she says, doing air quotes, wilderness. Uh, But I did spend a lovely afternoon sitting under the tree, writing, episode writing and knitting uh, and listening to audiobooks. And it was bliss. At one point, I I actually thought, well, I could do some recording in the garden because I've been quite blissed out listening to the recent podcasts from Nick from Tales from the Plain, where she's been doing some outside podcasting and it's been lovely listening to the bird song in the background and church bells and I'm sure like all her other listeners I've been enjoying the sunshine that she's been sitting in while she's been recording but I sort of put off that idea because I had the lovely bird song too and the lovely weather and um, but my neighbour was in the garden in his potting shed and so I didn't think that was so entirely blissful for you to hear pottering noises so um, <laughs> maybe one day I'll I'll be brave enough to, to podcast outside and not have people think that I'm some odd lady sitting outside talking to herself, but I'd quite like to do that. Maybe I'll take you on a walk with me one day. Wherever you were at Easter, I hope you had a lovely time and you it was fantastically sunny too and you had a little time to enjoy it, even if you weren't off for the entire weekend. <laughs> I thought I'd give you a little roundup of uh, what I've had in the blog recently. You possibly only listen to the podcast or maybe you you read and listen. I don't mind. I'm happy that you do either. <laughs> but I thought I would give you a little taster anyway uh, of what's been on the blog lately. I went to visit the Shetland Museum last weekend with the lovely fella and while I was there for a completely different exhibition, my attention was drawn to the display of the Gunster Man, which if you go on to the blog, you'll find my entry about it and who the Gunnister Man was. He was basically a fellow from the late 17th century, early 18th century, who was found in a peat bog in the 1950s uh, with a lot of possessions. And one of the possessions was a purse which had the first colour knitting that is believed to be the first colour knitting ever discovered in Shetland. So I've got, did a little blog about that. If, like me, you sort of are fascinated by these things, then go and have a look at that. I'm sure you'll find it interesting. Um, I also did a bit of a soapbox piece recently as a response to a silly piece that The Guardian Online had done about knitting and the wonderful hashtag and knitting conversation on Twitter, which sort of grew out of it. I totally get that the majority of knitters would have had the same response as me, but me being me. I thought, I know we know this. 
I know we know this is another lazy piece of rubbish on what the mainstream media think knitters are, i.e. grannies are doing it because a celebrity does it, um, but I am going to respond to this anyway. <laughs> so thank you very much for all the shares and retweets. I was really just writing to get the grr out, um, so thank you for sharing it so widely and uh, grrring along with me. And if you haven't read hashtag Anne Knitting on Twitter, do it. I find it really uplifting to see the knitting community coming together to sort of nail their knitting colours to the wall. It's lovely, really good. Another thing that I wanted to share with you, as I quite often do, um, is a blog that I would like to highly recommend. If you haven't read the Knit So Facto blog before, then please, please do. Annie is a dyer, a photographer, a knitter, and she's a beautiful writer. And she blogs from the Welsh countryside. And I discovered her blog sort of late last year, and her posts are thoughtful and, and often I just drift off to the countryside with her lovely words and her gorgeous pictures, um, particularly of, of this, the landscape and the flora and fauna. Definitely a blog for those who like to read about knitting plus. Knitting plus. I really look forward to her new posts um, uh, when they sort of pop up in my inbox. And so if you are looking for a new knitting blog or knitting plus blog. The blog is knitsofacto.blogspot.co.uk and Annie tweets as knitsofacto, which is N, oh sorry, <laughs> N, which is K-N-I-T-S-O-F-A-C-T-O, K-N-I-T-S-O-F-A-C-T-O. I feel a bit like Miss Jean Brodie there writing on the board. <laughs> <laughs> Cast on, cast off. I have cast off the Ramona cardigan and I love it. I absolutely love it. This was the pattern by Elizabeth Smith and you might remember that I've knit it in uh, JC Rennie Chunky Lambs Wool, which is actually an iron weight. Uh, I finally got some pretty buttons that look great and I got them from Textile Garden and it was really, really difficult not to buy absolutely everything on the Textile Garden website, but... <laughs> <laughs> but I got some really pretty buttons and um, they're sort of uh, a brown uh, a wooden button with a, a starburst effect in the middle so I'll post a picture of I'll post a picture of the cardigan we haven't sort of been anywhere overly interesting to take pictures of knitwear but I did get the lovely fella to snap a couple when we were at the museum the other day although the light's not very good but you'll get the idea I really love the style of this cardigan it's a raglan stock and stitch with a pearl seam and this lovely deep rib hem I've worn it quite a few times since I've dressed it it's got a bit of negative ease but I would say that it's grown since I've worn it but I, I love it and the yarn is great and I'm already thinking of other things I could use this yarn for again it's a lovely oh there it is i was gonna say wait i don't have it with me but i do it's uh it's a it's a really lovely yarn to work with it's it was greasy on the cone which i actually prefer i prefer to knit with that um needed a good couple of washes to get the the grease out it's it's very wooly wool uh the there are like i think the colorway was called sunshine but i don't think they stock that anymore it's very very yellow daffodil yellow i would say with flecks of orange in it I love it. I really, really love the wool. Um, I actually have another jumper's worth on that cone. The cone was a 900 gram cone and I have roughly half of it left. In fact, I have more than half of it left because when I weighed the cardigan, it was less than 400 grams. But actually, I'm not sure if I need another yellow garment in my life now that I have this one. <laughs> 
that because I love the colour, but I don't know. I don't want to be known as the girl who wears the yellow knitted jumpers. <laughs> I don't want to get that name for myself. Oh, here comes the girl with the yellow cardi on the bus. Which one she got on today? <laughs> um, but I do. I could. I could dye it actually, but I. I really wouldn't know where to where to how to over dye what to over dye yellow with. Does anybody have any tips? Any suggestions? Um, black would always be a winner, I suppose. But it would be interesting to know if any of you have ever over dyed yellow yarn before. Let me know uh, how it came out. As soon as I cast off Ramona, I was cast on straight away with another cardi. It's the time of year for cardies, I think. It's a great time of year because it's still cool, so you can button up your cardigan or. When the days get nicer and a little bit warmer, you can have it open or just over your shoulders or tied around your waist. Cardigans are so versatile. I love a cardigan. This cardigan is Lush by Emily Wessel of Tin Can Knits in the Handmade in the UK book. I've had my eye on this cardigan for quite some time, actually. The first time I saw it was in at the Edinburgh Yarn Festival last year. Emily wore it. And it's beautiful cardigan. Hers uh, it was done in Skeen Queen's Voluptuous, I believe. I had some Brigantia double knit in stash in the ruby red colourway. So I did a bit of swatching and loved the yarn so much that I ordered the rest of the requirement. Actually, Claire Devine is the one who has shown me the wonderfulness that is Brigantia, which you might have heard in the last episode. It's such a lovely workhorse yarn, really. It's soft, but it's sturdy. It's got a lovely twist in it. I think this would be a fantastic sweater yarn, but a fantastic all-round yarn, truly. Um, it's even got a little bit of a luster in it. It's a really lovely yarn. Um, I really like the ruby red colourway, but Brigantia have lots of beautiful colours in, uh, in the range. They don't really have a very good website for the yarn. Brigantia seem to sell a lot of needlework um, cross-stitch embroidery goods which takes a little bit more focus on the on the website actually um, but you can buy Brigantia from Ginger Twist Studios and her online shop and you can buy it from Baramu and there are lots of online sellers uh, for the Brigantia yarns they are available in Double Knit and Aran I'm not sure if there's anything uh, lighter or heavier than those but a really 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 fantastic yarn as far as the pattern goes I've just separated for the arms in fact I'll further along as that since when I first wrote this <laughs> these notes I'm actually now um, at the waist shaping I'm really enjoying it it's the, the pattern is so lovely for anyone who hasn't seen the tin can knits pattern before you knit the lace yoke first uh, and then you block it and then you pick up stitches along the top for the collar and you do the short rows in the rib and then you pick up for the body and I love tin can knits patterns the, the tutorials are excellent they also have really well written but very simple instructions uh, and they have great uh, support and forums on Ravelry and also on their website. I love I love getting their blogs, there's always something interesting in there, whether it's a focus on a, stitch, a certain stitch pattern or a certain technique um, or what they've been knitting. Check out their website, I'll put the link up on the show notes. And the tree rings blanket, there's movement, <laughs> there's progress. <laughs> At last, um, I realised the thing that was holding me back was not the amount of repeats of the knit on lace edging, but the actual knit on lace edging itself. I, I kept stumbling in the same place and I kept, you know, making mistakes in the same place and I was just sort of tripping over it. And so one morning I was up inordinately early and I, I emptied it out of the knitting bag 
and I decided let's rip it off. Let's rip it off. So I ripped off the edging, which was a bit cavalier because I'd done quite a lot, but I do think if knitting isn't working for you, then you should make it work for you. So I found Franklin Habit's version of uh, scallop edging on Nitty's website, which I'll put up the link to on the show page. And the flaming things have been flying off the needles. Uh, in fact, maybe by the, by the next episode, I might have finished. I might have actually finished this blanket that I've been telling you about since episode one. <laughs> Um, and I keep admiring it as I go along and I keep thinking, oh, I, I wish I'd done this sooner. You know, I wish I'd realised that that was a problem before I'd done this sooner. The only problem that I can foresee is where I'm going to block the darn thing because it's huge. I, I'm going to need to find somewhere with floor space or rent a room somewhere. <laughs> um, because our, we don't have enough floor space for that. None that the cat won't, you know, interfere with. So, But that's a problem for another day. It'll just be so good to get it off the work in progress pile and get it off the podcast, for God's sake. Let's stop talking about this bloody blanket. <laughs> Recently, I had read on the Woolsack group on Ravelry about sheep adoption. This is where uh, you sponsor the upkeep and care and maintenance of a sheep via an initiative run by a farmer. Some farms allow visits to visit your sheep. Others provide newsletters and pictures in return for your sponsorship. And some offer the fleece from the sheep in return. And I adore this idea. I just think it's fantastic. Um, There are a couple of initiatives on the Woolsack website which offer adoption and I love the idea that you can sort of help out the farm with the cost of the upkeep of the sheep and be able to make something from the fleece of that sheep at the end of it. It's blooming lovely. I love it. I can't understand why we haven't been doing this sooner or there there aren't more people who are doing this. It's brilliant. Shankend Farm in the Scottish Borders are one of the UK farms taking part and I think that all their sheep are taken uh, or sort of spoken for at the moment. But Kate from Shankend has told me that she might be opening up again in May. So uh, it would be a good idea to keep your eye on the Ravelry group and the thread there. She has got a lovely selection of her uh, flocks already sponsored. She has Hebridean, Shetlands, Herodies, Blackfaces, Cheviots and more. It costs around £20 maybe more, maybe less, um, depending on the sheep. And you get to sponsor the sheep and name it as well, which I think is really, really lovely. And in return, you get the fleece, a picture, and four newsletters. Have I said that I love this? I love this. I just love it. As I said, there's a great forum and thread on Ravelry. Um, if you check out Shankend Farming and then the threads associated in the group, I'll put all the, all the links up on the show page. As I say, it's the sponsorship is closed at the moment, um, but might reopen again next month. So keep your eye out if you're interested. I got in touch with Kate last week to fi- see if I could find out a little bit more. And she sold fleeces last year, but this is the first year she's decided to do sponsorship. And she's not a spinner or a knitter, but she just loves the enthusiasm that there is out there by knitters and spinners uh, for sheep and, and their fleece. She's up to her eyes at the moment in lambing, but if you do have any questions about this scheme, go to the go to the Ravelry thread first and have a look. Um, there's a lot of chatter on there by those who have already sponsored, so they might be able to give you a few hints and tips. But if you are thinking about joining a sponsorship scheme, even if it, you, you don't manage to catch one of Kate's uh, sheep, 
this is a really good thread to find out sort of information and, and um, how it works. And all this has sort of got me thinking about, you know, wouldn't it be fab for me to sponsor a British breed sheep and have the fleece spun in a UK mill and then dyed by a UK dyer? And I'd really, really, really love to do this and then blog about it over the over the time, you know, blog about the progress, podcast too, maybe visit the sheep, visit the mill, take a dyeing workshop from the UK indie, from a UK indie dyer so I can dye my own spun wool. I would be so interested to hear from you if you offer sheep adoption, definitely British breed, although I might have to think about, you know, which breed for me, which breed might be best. But I think that would be a fantastic long-term knit British project and I would really, really love to bring that to you and, and you know, go through the process together from farm to yarn. And I'm, I'm quite excited about the idea. So do get in touch. Get in touch with me if you want to start sponsoring sheep uh, your own sheep. Get in touch with me if you are a UK mill who would spin one fleece <laughs> uh, for me. Uh, get in touch with me if you're an indie dyer and and I can maybe come and do a workshop with you or something. It, it would be excellent. Do seek out www.woolsack.org for the background info and you'll see Shankend on Ravelry and you'll see the other initiatives that are on the Woolsack website. I'll certainly be looking forward to reading posts with all the when all the pictures and first newsletters go out and likewise let me know if you are a sponsor or you have been in the past and maybe you could share your spun wool or the garments you've made from it on the knit british ravelry group that would be really good too again it's an absolutely fantastic idea i don't know why we haven't been doing this all along Talking of the British Ravelry group, there are a couple of new threads in there. A group member nearly there started a new thread recently about UK knit slash wooly based initiatives that uh, need our help to donate. Um, so go and have a look there. I want to tell you about uh, something I've heard of recently and I'll put th- these details up on the group too. Earlier this week, Lynn Irons on Twitter brought to my attention a project which I know a lot of crafters could be interested in helping with. It's called the Little Yellow Duck Project and you knit, crochet or sew a little yellow duck and you attach a special tag that you can print off the website to it and you leave it somewhere to be found, to be found by somebody and sort of make their days. Isn't that lovely? A a little random act of kindness. When the finder gets their duck they can go to the website and on the tag it'll have the website details and they can log their duck and place a pin on a world map so it's not just the UK this is open to the world. The project has been created in memory of Claire Cruikshank. Claire was born with cystic fibrosis and at the age of 24 she needed a lung transplant but sadly no matching donor was found and she sadly passed away last year in April. Claire adored rubber ducks and the project is inspired by her sense of fun and her love of ducks and it just helps to raise a little bit more awareness of how blood, bone marrow, organ and tissue donation can save lives. The website is lovely. There are knitted knitting and crochet and sewing patterns for ducks as well as the tags. Uh, the knit pattern is an Alan Dart uh, duck pattern. Uh, there are also blog posts and stories from donors and donor recipients and it's a really lovely website. It's a really cheery website, and the and the the donor and donor recipient stories are very moving, but they're very uplifting too. So, crafters, if you want to make little random acts of kindness, 
for someone to find and also help raise awareness about how donation saves lives, then check out the website. It's littleyellowduckproject.org. That's littleyellowduckproject.org. It's a really lovely idea. And it made me think of a blog post that I'd read in January about uh, knitters in Ottawa who had knit scarves and put them around the necks of statues around the city because it was obviously the cold at that time of year and that polar vortex, it meant it was much colder. Each scarf had a little tag on it and the tag said, I'm not lost. If you're stuck in the cold, take the scarf to keep warm. And it's again, it's a really lovely little random act of kindness by knitters. Just thinking of other people and it's such a unique and it's actually really simple. It's actually really, really simple and lovely. And so uh, I'll put the link up to that particular blog but if you're so inclined, do check out littleyellowduckproject.org. Well, the Wool Festival calendar is really in full swing now, isn't it? Several have been, and the anticipation of others is becoming quite unbearable. <laughs> I, I would have loved to have done Unwind, and I'm having unreal FOMO. Do you know what that is? I only found out what this is the other week there. Fear of missing out. I'm having incredible FOMO about missing Unwind. To attend, you know, one day for me would mean a flight to the mainland, an overnight stay in Glasgow, then a flight, or uh, you know, to London, then a train, then an overnight accommodation in Brighton, and then all the same back again. And I cost it out, and the cost and the stress of going for one day was just was just too much really I get a bit I do get a bit anxious about traveling if it's if there's more than one leg of the journey in one day and it's so much traveling and that is the real drawback of living in that little box at the top of your map (laughs) top of your weather map it's it's quite a drawback if I lived on the mainland it wouldn't be quite so bad so I'm really 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 sad not to be going to unwind Brighton and to, you know, to meet up with all my nitty pals and go to a Playful Days podcaster meetup, which I was really looking forward to. If you're a podcaster and you, unlike me, can make it to Brighton for Unwind, then you should definitely get in touch with a Playful Day to find out the exciting details. <laughs> no, I'm okay. Uh, <laughs> but the entire event, the entire weekend, is just sounds phenomenally exciting. There are heaps of classes and wonderfully inspirational nitty people such as Vera Valmaki, Karina Westerman, Bristol Ivy, oh, Raga Eriksdott, oh, just a huge list of wonderful, wonderful knitting people. I really hope there's another one next year. <laughs> I really do. Um, I am going to the Highland Wool Festival on the 24th of May at the Dingwall Mart, if anyone else is going. Uh, I know that... Uh, Louise from Catham's Craft is going to be there. Woohoo! And um, we can talk about slugs and... <laughs> uh, and both having the name Louise and both living in the north of Scotland. Woohoo! Uh, the slugs is an in-joke thing. It's a Twitter thing. <laughs> uh, but I suffice to say, every time Louise sees a slug, she thinks of me. <laughs> is there anyone else heading north to the... Highland Wool Festival, I'd love to hear from you. Give me a shout, because it'd be lovely to say hello. Um, The exhibitor list has just been released, 
and there is a very exciting list of, of exhibitors that are going to be there. Helen from Ripple's Crafts, of course, Cairngorm Bags, Border Tarts, Knock and Do Mill, Yarn Garden, Sky Blue Pink Designs, which I bought a lot of buttons at Woolfest from them, Shilzer are going to be there, and heaps more. Um, and it's quite exciting, so do give me a shout. Let me know if you're going to if you're going to be attending. Woolfest is a slight possibility, although I will be amid my own holidays with the lovely fella, so I'm a bit unsure if it's doable. I mean, I, I adore the atmosphere of Woolfest, but I don't really need any yarn. <laughs> Did you hear that little stifling laugh there? <laughs> I don't really need any yarn, but it's a great place to meet up with people and soak up the sort of woolly atmosphere. But if the timing doesn't work out, I'll definitely be in the right place for a knit and a catch-up, seeing as I know so many lovely nitty, nitty pals in and around Edinburgh. So that'll be lovely. But but it's quite difficult when you live so remotely to, to get to these things, especially when Britain's got a pretty bloody good calendar of, of nitty and wooly events, really. And apart from Shetland Wool Week, they all require me to get in a plane or a boat and then maybe a train or a bus and spend money on accommodation to, to get to them. But one day, the lovely the lovely fella and I will be on the mainland and these things won't be so difficult to get to and I'll forget what I was complaining about because I'll have this stash that I can't don't have any place to put because I get to go to all these woolly, woolly things, woolly festivals and buy more yarn. So I guess it's only temporary and I am very lucky in the things that I do get to go to and the... And people that I do get to meet, so I shouldn't be so feel so sorry for myself. But this week, the fear of missing out, and the grump that I've been in <laughs> about not being able to go to Unwind Brighton has been big. <laughs> There's been a dark cloud over me. I won't put myself under pressure and stress to get somewhere if I know that, you know, I might not enjoy it because of that pressure and stress. So. <sighs> One, I'll get some karmic reward now, won't I? I'll get some wooly, wooly karmic reward. <laughs> Speaking about Shetland Wool Week, well, I was before all that ramblings, the event calendar has been published. The event calendar is now out. Tickets go on sale on Monday, which is a bit unbelievable because the event is until October. But believe you me, if you want to go to anything, you will be sitting in your, at your computer at 10 o'clock on Monday morning at the Shetland Box Office website to get tickets for what you want to go to because they sell out really quickly. And last year I was a damn fool and I <laughs> I said, oh, it's April. I don't know what I'm going to be doing in October. I'll wait till near the time. Don't do that. Don't say that. Don't let those words escape from your mouth because they will be gone because there are so many people that come up to Shetland for Shetland Wool Week that it'll be a real shame to miss out. The things that I are really stand out for me are um, Gudrun Johnson, the Shetland Trader. She's doing a trunk show for her Shetland Trader book two, which I'm really excited about. Um, and she's also doing a workshop on hap making. So I really, really want to do that one. And there is also going to be a workshop on dressing and blocking, which is something else that I, every time I have to bend over, you know, those foam mats with pins to block out a shawl, I always wish that there was a, <laughs> that the next wool week there'll be a blocking workshop. And this time there is, that all that wishing has not gone unanswered. So those are two things that I'm really looking forward to. Felicity Ford is rerunning her quotidian knitting 
colour work course. I think there's actually three courses. And what was the other thing that jumped out at me? I don't have it in front of me, but go onto the website and look. It's www.shetlandwoolweek.com. If you are lucky enough to come to Shetland, first of all, please tell me because we can meet up and we can have coffee and we can knit and it'll all be fantastic. <laughs> Write down the things that you fancy and get them booked because places are often quite limited. You know, there might only be eight places on the course or bear those kind of things in mind and it'll be great to see you and let me know if you're coming up I'd love to meet up with you we could have a knit British get together <laughs> that would be really good we should we should have a knit if, if any knit British, British listeners are coming to Shetland for Shetland Wool Week let me know and we'll have a little knit and a little drink how about that that'd be lovely well I guess that's about it for another episode Next time, works in progress permitting, I might have a yarn review for you. Um, and don't forget, if you want me to review your yarn, book patterns, whatever, or, you know, you've got a special offer in your shop, or you have a new pattern coming out, give me a shout. I'll shout about it. I'm very happy to do that. I'm very happy to mention anything Knit Britishy on Knit British. I'd be very happy to do so. I always wonder how, when you listen to some podcasts or read some blogs, how do they always have these things to give away? And they ask. So <laughs> if you'd like to give away anything or you'd like me to review anything, then you can get in touch with me via the website, which is www.knitbritish.net. You can get in touch with me via Twitter. I am at Louise B. Scully. I'm on Ravelry as Lira, L-E-I-R-A. And I'm on Pinterest too. I always sort of, you might always hear me sort of pause when I say and I'm on Pinterest too because I am on Pinterest but I don't spend a lot of time on it and I, if you send me a message or a pin on Pinterest and I don't reply right away it's not that I am being rude it's just that I maybe haven't checked it I don't check it every day I do have a little notification thing but I don't check it every day and I probably don't know how it works <laughs> so I am on Pinterest too and maybe next time I log in I will see you there <laughs> Before I go, I must say hello and thanks to some people. Thank you to Saul Stitches for their iTunes review. I have three lovely reviews. Thank you very much. I really, really appreciate that. And also, hello and thank you to Nesbo Fan, to Charlie Feathers and PPX Man for their lovely Ravelry messages to me. And as well as saying hello to all the British Ravelry group members, I should also say hello to some new members. Let me get my Oh, this will probably make a funny noise now. You know, that phone interferency noise. New kids. Let's also say hello to the new kids in the group. Melissa Jean Designs, Kirkland33, Tooth Fairy M, Craft Fidget, Gilly Run and ALSJB. <laughs> I'm sure that's how you pronounce it and not Algebra. <laughs> and thank you to you for listening and thank you for for coming back if you've listened before and thank you for listening if this is your first time I hope it's not your last hopefully it won't be long before we come together again but until then, take care the music was by Andy McKee and you can find that on musicalley.com have a great weekend, bye (laughs) 